Welcome to UWO Now. I'm Wendell Ray. UWO Now is a place where we discuss relevant and interesting topics with the students, staff, and faculty at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. This year, I have a high school reunion to attend. My high school, I should note, um, closed several years ago. But classes still come together to have reunions, and I think I've counted maybe four or five uh, reunion groups from my high school that I found on Facebook that represent classes that are having these milestone reunions either this year, as my class is, or had one last year, or planning one for next year. Uh, There's even an annual homecoming parade that they still do for my high school, even though the high school shut down five years ago. So, and that means that, you know, so marching bands and cheerleaders and uh, chess club presidents, everybody uh, can participate. Any former student can participate. And, and it is uh, fairly popular. Um, and the college I attended is, has the largest alumni base in the nation, the second largest, I should say, behind Penn State, which kind of, brings me to what we want to talk about today, and that is alumni. How, how, how connected are you to your schools and the schools uh, that you graduated from? How important are alumni to the school uh, and, or university? We're going to talk today about that with our guest, Christine Gantner, Chris Gantner, who's Director of Alumni Relations here at UWO. Thanks so much for joining us today, Christine. It's, it's good to have you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm pleased to be here. Tell us about what your job is uh, at UW Oshkosh. You are the Director of Alumni Relations. What does that mean? Yes, uh, it's my pleasure to serve as Director of Alumni Relations, and that means that I get to work with many of our maz- amazing UW Oshkosh alumni we have more than 100,000 UWO alums who've uh, graduated from UW Oshkosh uh, in our 151-year history now. Wow. And yeah, it's pretty incredible. And I have the privilege to work with so many of those alums. And it's really our job in alumni relations to help our alums remain connected with their alma mater. Um, The broadest way we try to keep alumni engaged is through our alumni communications, Um, really uh, trying to reach everyone um, with the help of our um, incredible university marketing and communications department. We work side by side with them, um, specifically marketing to, uh, to or working with the alumni audience. Um, We try to keep our alums informed of all the wonderful things going on at their alma mater, um, what our students are doing, new majors and minors and disciplines. Um, We want them to be engaged with their university, proud of what it's become, and um, uh, also really look back on the university's history that they're part of. And, uh, you know, so taking a look back and a look forward and really keeping them connected through our communications. We have a 
um, a magazine that we do uh, twice a year that's put out in both hard copy and electronically. We have a monthly electronic newsletter called Alumni News. It comes out the first Friday of every month. It is full of stories about our successful alumni, our successful faculty and staff, and our successful students in all the great initiatives that are going on here at UW Oshkosh, all the things that we're all proud of. And um, it's really important, I would add, that our alums keep us informed about what they're doing and where they're at um, to share their successes with us. Because as part of that newsletter, we have something called Class Notes, and that's where alums can share with us the amazing things that they are doing, um, where they're living, where they're working. Um, if they've written a book, won an award, have a family, what, whatever they want to share, whatever successes they've had in their lives, it's fun to share that. Um, but it's really important that they remain connected to the alumni office and especially have an email on file with us because we do so much of our communication via email. And if they don't have an email on file with us, they, they could be missing out on some great opportunities. So what do you, what is a, a year like for you? So, I mean, we're in, in September, for instance, when the school year starts, what does uh, your office do uh, during that month? What, what does the entire calendar year look like for the uh, Office of Alumni Relations? Well, um, that's a great segue into the fact that we do another way we engage our alums is through events. We uh, do a lot of events to keep our alums engaged with one another and with the university. We do some signature university events. Um, for example, each year in May, we invite the 50-year class back. So we have a 50th uh, year reunion. We're already working um, with the class of 1973 on their 50th reunion, which will be next May. We have that reunion weekend in conjunction with commencement so that um, and the weekend culminates with these alums, these 50 year alums are golden titans putting on gold caps and gowns and leading in the processional of 2023 graduates. And that's a really nice. wonderful thing to have our 50 year grads celebrate with our newest alumni. It's really something quite special. That's one of our signature events. And that's, that's, I think that's a, another good uh, segue into what, I mean, we have these alumni events, we have alumni at all schools, but what is the importance of a strong alumni uh, and their relationship with the university? How does that help current students, the school in general, just having that uh, continued connection with the school? Well, it's really important and a, a great benefit to our current students to look up to to our successful alums who are working in their fields and industries that they want to develop a career in. So um, it's really important for us to make connections across campus. Our faculty our, and staff are so important in keeping connected with their former students, alums, to bring them back into the classroom, um, share their experiences and expertise. 
um, you know, help mentor current students. Um, all those things are really important. So, and our alums are so willing to do that. They want to give back to their alma, alma mater in that way to come in and um, provide help and guidance to our current students. And they often say to me, you know, I, I wish you know, I would have had more of that opportunity. Or they tell me, gee, when I was an undergrad, when those alums came in and spoke to us that are really out in the field doing the work in whatever um, area, that that was really impactful and meaningful. So um, it's, it's just really important for our alums to have the opportunity to interact with our students. Um, our alums love that, and our students benefit so greatly from hearing the experiences of our alums. One of the things um, we do is we work with um, our the um, Quest Two classes, and we bring in an alumni speaker to each of those classes. And really, those alums um, help our our young students, um, our early students. Um, realize how how much learning actually happens outside of the classroom as well. And that is being involved in student life on the campus, joining clubs and organizations, whether they're social or whether they're connected to the student's major, um, having uh, maybe a job on campus or being part of residence life or all the, the programming programming that reunion does. So many alums say, I learned so much about um, working collaboratively with others, problem solving and such by being part of student organizations and student life outside of the classroom. So a lot of alums come back and share that perspective too. Yeah. That connection that they have. I know I can kind of uh, testify to the fact that uh, alumni are willing to return. I taught a class uh, this semester or last semester, um, and I reached out to some alums to become uh, to be uh, guest speakers in class, and they were more than willing to participate. Uh, I know in the radio TV film department there is a strong alumni connection uh, uh, to current students, and they and I think it's because they have that connection to the facilities that they worked at, whether it's Titan TV or here at WRST uh, or the Film Society, where they were able to um, have um, some meaningful experiences, as you were talking about, Mm -hmm. that now they recognize as they are now adults and working professionals how important that was and and appreciate appreciate that connection and want to give back. And yes. so you, you got to kind of take advantage of those situations yes. and capitalize on those uh, in your office, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. So what, what are some things that are going on uh, this year that you think are really important and some nice things that we're doing uh, on campus that uh, alumni are going to be really uh, uh, fired up for? Well, I'll tell you, um, we're really, you know, coming in the home stretch of summer here and really, really looking um, towards the fall. 
and welcoming our students back. And one of the most exciting things that I can think of, uh, like historical, is um, the debut of our Titan Thunder marching band. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to really escalate Titan pride and spirit. And what a great opportunity for those students that are part of that new marching band. But just um, for um, all Titans, uh, that the elevated pride that that will bring, that's going to be really exciting. And homecoming weekend um, in the fall, it's also, we celebrate homecoming weekend and family day or family weekend together. And this year it's October 21st and 22nd. And that is a phenomenal weekend. That's a weekend alums need to mark on their calendar and come back. Um, we have so many fun activities planned for alums and families. Um, So that weekend um, starts for us in alumni relations with um, our annual alumni award celebration on Friday, October 21st. Um, This year we're honoring 10 alumni, uh, incredible alumni with um, our awards. We have uh, distinguished alumni awards, Outstanding Young Alumni Awards. And last year we added a new service award component. So we're really excited to um, bring 10 incredible alums back to campus to honor them that weekend on Friday evening. And then on Saturday, October 22nd, um, in Reeve Union, we have something called the Titan Tailgate. And again, that is for um, all alumni and friends of the university, the campus community, um, our broader Oshkosh community. And um, we partner, it's um, also family weekend. And now we have so many legacy families. There's a lot of alums who have children going to school here now, and it just makes for a great celebration. Today we're talking with uh, Chris Gantner, who is the UWO Oshkosh Director of alumni relations and i wanted to ask you you know i'm an alumni uh, or an alum um, of a school or let's say i'm an alum of uw oshkosh and i come back on campus should i check in or can i should i just kind of you know nostalgic nostalgically walk around or what would you prefer you prefer, is there a place for me to come by and say hey uh, i graduated in x year and i think you know, I, I just was hanging out. It, it, would you want me to come back to this to a particular office to check in, or what should be? Is there a process? Absolutely. Well, we certainly invite you to stop in at the UW Oshkosh Alumni Relations Office. We are located at the corner of Wisconsin and Pearl in the beautiful Culver Family Welcome Center um, at the top of the stairs or right off the elevator on the second floor. Um, We're we're there um, Monday through Friday uh, or by appointment. Um, If you know in advance you're coming to campus, it's always kind of nice to to be able to know that in advance and maybe I could... um, provide a tour or provide some extra things if I know in advance that you're coming to campus. But by all means, uh, just drop in at any time. How does that help you in your office when people do stop by? Well, we we like our alums to leave uh, uh, with some goodies to show their (laughs) Titan pride. So we always have materials in our office um, that that. giveaways and things that uh, they can take back to their home or office and show their Titan pride. Um, Our 
Our bookstore, University Books and More, has been a great partner and sponsor with us. They offer alumni discounts, so you want to come back to campus and get that sweatshirt or T-shirt or some swag, um, you know, we can, we can um, help you with that. Uh, we can, if you let us know in advance, too, we can often help you make connections across campus. If you're looking for a fellow classmate or want to get in touch with a faculty or staff member, um, use us as your starting point. We'd love to welcome our alums back to campus and help them in whatever they're trying to pursue. And, um, you know, for some, it may be they've they live locally, they haven't been here in a while, mm -hmm. or if it, they're welcome to visit anytime. Or for some, I have an alum that's visiting tomorrow from the state of Maryland, and he has not been back to campus in 50 years. Wow. So he, he let me know in advance, and I was able to make some connections for him, and I'm going to give him a little tour around campus. And so when we know in advance, we can try to make it extra special, but alums are welcome to stop in at any time. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what you mentioned earlier and that is the new uh, or the rebirth of uh, uh, the, the marching band and how important that is for developing the culture and, 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 and connection to a school, having that marching band, having a fight song and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, in a, a coming uh, segment of this show. Uh, but I uh, wanted to say thank you for coming by today uh, and telling everybody about uh, the Alumni Relations Office and what you do and how important it is to what uh, it means to be a Titan and what it means to be connected to a school and keeping those connections uh, once you leave the school. We don't want you to go off and have this great life and, and forget about us here in Oshkosh, but to come back and see us and check in with your office because it's really important. But thanks, Chris, for coming by and talking to us. Really good to have you. Good, good seeing you today. Thank you so much. All right. And welcome back to UWO Now. I'm Wendell Ray. During the first portion of today's show, we talk with uh, Chris Gantner, who is in uh, alumni relations at UWO, and she talked about a lot of exciting things that are going on this year at UWO. And one of the things she mentioned was uh, the debut of Titan Thunder, which is the marching band at UWO. I'm going to talk today about that and, and, and a little broadly, uh, broaden the discussion, I should say, about uh, school spirit and how you do uh, maintain that and the importance of having uh, a marching band, a pep band to uh, inspire Feel that school spirit at games and at events. And here to talk to us a little bit more about what's going on at UWO is Joe Shivert, who is the director of athletic bands here at UWO. Uh, Joe, thanks so much for coming by and talking to us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to any opportunity to spread the news about what we're putting together here this year. Let's talk about who you are. Let's talk about uh, Joe the Kid. When did you start, first start to be interested in music? Well, my my parents actually met when they were in their high school band, and so they were active um, musicians okay. throughout both their high school years. My dad had played sort of in a rhythm and blues group for many years as I was growing up, so it was always something that was around my household. I uh, started picking up instruments around when I was getting into elementary school, and when it was time to join the band, then uh, I started playing saxophone, actually, and that was the my first thing, I would say within within two years of starting saxophone, I went to my band director and said, all right, now I know how to play the saxophone. What else do you want me to do? And it just kept taking off from there. 
Really? Okay. So you not only you, so it wasn't that you were fascinated with the saxophone. You enjoyed music in general. Absolutely. Okay. So what did you go? What, what instrument did you tackle next? Well, he said because I expected him to say, "Oh, like clarinet." Sometimes sort of like saxophone. He said, "Actually, we need some tuba players." And I said, <laughs> "All right, let's roll." So, um, so really through high school. Uh, I, I played saxophone in some things and tuba in other things. Um, that When I got to Penn State to do my undergrad, I actually started as a chemistry major thinking I might be a chem teacher. But within even part of one semester, I realized that I'd be studying chemistry to be a chemist. But really, what I really enjoyed and what I really wanted to spend more time was um, what I'd been doing very actively in high school in music. And so... I, I stayed involved with that. I played in the marching band there at Penn State, playing sousaphone, and uh, that sort of took me into the area where I am now. And, that, and that's a great pivot point, I think, in your life. Absolutely. And a lot of people, and uh, I mean, my wife and I talk about this sometimes, that when you have a child who's gifted artistically, sometimes that's seen as kind of a... a a secondary thing or not something they want to try and pursue for their whole life. And even you decided, you know, at some point you wanted to pursue chemistry until you recognized, you know, that's not really what I love. That's right. And, and we certainly try to make sure that folks know that there are opportunities at the college level to stay active in music. It's not something that needs to end when they graduate from high school. Um, a lot of folks, uh, parents and students, are sort of under the misconception that, you know, when they get to college, the only thing they can be thinking about is th those topics applicable to their major. So mm -hmm. if a student is coming in as a chemistry major, maybe they're not looking for these musical opportunities when really that's that gives their mind a chance to focus on some other things. We all know that the amount of time that the students have available uh, lets them participate in different activities, whether it's sports or club sports, um, music activities or Greek life or anything like that. And so they'll find ways to fill that time. We want to try to reach them early on and let our incoming students here know that you can pursue these music opportunities as a way to supplement your education. And we're finding ways to make sure that it's applicable in their curriculum so it can count for USP credits and things so they can actually look at it and say, yeah, this was worth it for both my own mental state and enjoyment as well as it applied to my course of study. So you're at Penn State? That's true. Uh, yeah. uh, and you made that decision about what you wanted to do. Uh, take us there to where, how you got to UWO. Sure. Well, after undergrad, I taught middle school choral and general music for a couple years and then was really interested in the idea of doing grad work as a graduate assistant along with the marching band at Penn State. And I'd maintained a good connection with the director there. And, and he said, you know, this is going to be something that's open if next year, if it's something you're interested in. And I definitely was. And it didn't take long for me to do that during my master's degree to say, I think more than wanting to be a high school band director, which is what I came into my music ed major thinking, I really enjoyed the the complexity and logistics side of doing the college bands. It wasn't just, I, I just wanted to teach music. I wanted to be involved at that level. Okay. And so um, that was always sort of in my mind from that point. And that was now, oh man, 17 years ago or something like that. <laughs> and so I, I, I word it this way, just sort of, because it, 
people don't see this coming, but so you think, all right, so I wanted to do marching bands and I got my master's degree. And so what's the next step? Naturally, uh, my wife and I moved to Thailand to teach music overseas. <laughs> That's the place everybody goes to do marching band. Yeah, it's a hidden gem. Now, actually, <laughs> uh, we had been really interested in international teaching. Uh, her family lived overseas okay. uh, for a little while, and we thought, we're both teachers. I needed some teaching experience beyond just the couple years of middle school uh, chorus and general music that I've been doing. And so instead of getting a job somewhere in Pennsylvania, where I was originally from, um, we said, well, let's teach at some of these other schools. So we taught in Thailand for three years, and I was teaching concert bands, jazz band, music theory, music technology, the things I'd be doing in a regular high school job here, but I was doing it in Thailand for three years, and then at another school outside of Osaka, Japan, for another three years. Hmm. Um, at that point, I started to see that I wanted to pivot back into what I'm doing in athletic bands. So I started looking into doctoral programs that would get me involved in that. And that's when I, um, that's when we moved to Iowa to stu- so I could study at the university of Iowa and work really closely with the athletic band program there. That sort of launched me into a couple, uh, temporary interim jobs and then fed into what I'm doing here at UWL. You're listening to UWO Now. I'm Wendell Ray, and today's guest is Joe Shivert, who is the director of athletic bands at UWO. And we're talking about, uh, well, his path to UWO, how he got here. But not only that, we're going to be talking today about how he has built the new Titan Thunder marching band and some of the other athletic bands here at UWO. Um, So let's talk about the importance of um, bands and how they contribute to the atmosphere, the spirit, uh, uh, and the, the excitement at athletic contests uh, specifically and what that means to a university. Sure. Well, I think that marching bands are a, a specific component of the collegiate athletic experience, um, especially when you're looking at um, – Football and basketball specifically, which are, mm-hmm. you know, publicly, you know, m- most folks are going to attend those two sports um, if they're if they're coming to some sort of contest here. And so what what the chancellor realized and, you know, I'm thankful that he did when he got here was, you know, we have great athletic programs here, but something is missing from this experience. And so he set to work. I guess maybe eight years now uh, at trying to figure out how to how to add that component in. Uh, when you take in any sort of college football game on a on a Saturday on TV, you're likely to see scenes of you know the student section, certainly the cheerleaders and the mascots, but you're also very likely to see scenes of the band and to mm-hmm. hear them. That audio piped through as part of that. The anybody who's um, capturing audio for for TV will absolutely have microphones in front of the band so they can incorporate that as part of it. It's something that's not as common in, in the pros and, but really ties to the long history of collegiate athletics and sort of the, the way that bands have evolved alongside of athletics. And so for us, starting a program here was really just about, you know, filling that gap and something that was lacking from a lot of other college experiences and especially noting that this isn't the first marching band that you, that UWO has had. Um, there have been bands starting actually as early as 1922 here. Okay. So this is our first year and our hundredth year. 
Um, But it's been since 1980 since there's actually been an active uh, university athletic band program here. And so in those 42 years, while a lot has been lost in terms of that atmosphere, I'm frequently um, contacted by alumni of the 60s and 70s who say, I was a part of this band back then. We're so excited to see that there's something here then. And that's really when we talk about the, the meaning of having these bands as part of this experience. It's something that connects to hundreds or thousands of students over the decades where they identify this as a key part of their experience as well as a key part of um, a key spirit organization on campus. Well, music in general is something that people can identify with. You've been all over the world teaching music. And I know that if, if those of you out there listening or if you're uh, watching, uh, I'm sure that if you hear a song, it takes you back somewhere immediately. I mean, if it's an older song, it, you remember something that you were doing. So when I think about my college experience, not only do I think about my friends and so forth, I think about the athletics uh, and the, the games that I went to, and I think about the fight song, and I think about the music that, and the whole atmosphere that was there. So there's some sort of connection that uh, alumni will have when they can remember the, the band that uh, uh, played during halftime or the band that played uh, at intermission or during a timeout at a basketball game. Sure. So uh, important connections there to build those emotional ties to a school as well, I believe. Absolutely. I mean, this is something that that I've thought about a lot as we've been developing this band to try to incorporate some elements um, of what the previous band had done, both in sort of uniform design. There's a little bit of visual element to that as well. Um, incorporating the, the traditional fight song that that the bands would have been playing back a couple decades behind behind where we are now um, and recordings of that that had been had been in use in the stadium before we were there to provide it live. And so I think it's it's really exciting for those folks to see back in person this manifestation of their memories. And certainly we're hoping that our students are developing that sort of connection now and will remain connected to this program for years in the future. Now, we, I think, stopped at Iowa. How did we get from Iowa to UWO? Well, this is another set of really uh, unique circumstances, I think, that... <laughs> Um, that just happened upon me that I, I, I would almost say that I was called to be here to do this job. Uh, while I was at Iowa, I attended a, um, a athletic band, college athletic band director conference and went to one session uh, uh, quite a, a while ago now. Okay. But um, it was building a marching band from scratch, lessons we've learned. Ah. And so I have the notes from that down in my office. And there were two co-presenters there um, from two bands that started their first year of marching bands at their schools in 2015. One of those was at UNC Charlotte, and the other one was the director at Kennesaw State. After I graduated with my doctorate, the position opened at UNC Charlotte. And so I was the director there in an interim basis. Wow. And I'll give you a guess where I ended up immediately after that interim year was over. Kennesaw State. That's exactly right. Wow. And so while I am here in year one of this program, the two college bands that I've worked at when I've actually been employed in higher ed 
have been programs that have only started in the past few years. I wasn't there for year one, but I have connections uh, at both those schools with the folks who actually started it, students who were there in year one, uh, staff who were there as part of organizing this, um, order forms for uniforms and instruments and all the things that they used to get this band started were at my disposal when I came here because I just happened to end up in the jobs where those bands were both young programs. And so those resources were immediately available when it, when I took this position. So you have this now uh, cache of information on how to uh, start a band. Um, and then you get the call from the chancellor. Or how does that work? How did you get here? Well, I happened to be in the two positions there at UNC Charlotte and Kennesaw State were both uh, temporary interim positions. Um, okay. filling in for folks who left at the last minute. And, um, you know, the first one at UNC Charlotte, I was in there. I was the, the lead person in charge of that athletic band program. Um, but when it came time for them to make the permanent hire, it was made clear to me that they were looking for someone who had more than a half a year of experience leading college bands. All right. And so I felt like I'd done great things there. We started a couple um, initiatives there with the band during that year. But it wasn't they weren't looking for someone who was fresh out of a degree program to run that program in perpetuity. And so I had the opportunity to go elsewhere. Um, my, my position at Kennesaw state, I had the option to remain there as an assistant director of athletic bands. But, um, this was certainly an opportunity to be, uh, the, the head person in charge of this. And it was certainly, um, something that, that held my interest that I could see at that point that there were some some things in my life that sort of pointed me to this uh, okay. for the experiences I've had. Um, I mentioned how my previous positions led to me being here. And had this school been anywhere else in the country, those would have been that would have been the extent of my um, connections to to the to the university or to the to the position three other folks live in the immediate area here who i'd had previous connection with in growing up uh one was um and again i grew up in a small town in in south central pennsylvania and so this was just a city that people only knew of because of the clothes um <laughs> right. and so but it just so <laughs> happened that at the church where i was growing up where i was very active in choirs and bell choir and playing in the brass group and those kinds of things. The person who was leading all those music ensembles for a number of years, uh, Dave Burnt, is a, an Oshkosh native and someone who um, is back living in town now and conducting one of the community bands here and had been doing some church music in this area. They moved back after their kids grew up. My, um, my tuba professor at Penn State, Marty Erickson, used to commute from the state of Michigan to Pennsylvania to teach our lessons for three days a week and then go back and teach. I think he was at maybe Eastern Michigan at the time. And so jobs at both those universities. And he was married to Allison Shaw and she was teaching at Michigan State, I believe. Allison Shaw was, was the department chair who helped hire me here and her next wow. position from there was here. And so while I, we'd never met, you know, Marty Erickson showed up like in the background while we were holding Zoom interviews and things. And so so there was that connection. And then the third one is while I was at the University of Iowa um, with the marching band there, the feature twirler, a full scholarship position, Whitney Sekar Anderson was holding that position. She is um, an Oshkosh, like she went to high school here as well before taking that uh, college job uh, 
position in Iowa, and she is now the the co-director of Julie's Touch of Silver, which is a, a major dance and twirling um, studio here in town. And so I knew that she was back in this area. So it wasn't just that I knew things about how to start bands for my previous jobs. I knew three people directly involved that could be resources for me coming here. And if this had been in, you know, in in Tulsa or Denver or anywhere else in the country, it would have just been um, my own studies. But now I also had some of these personal connections as well. So I've always just sort of felt that things were meant to fall into place here in 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 ways beyond maybe anybody could have predicted. I I, I see that's clear. So you're here now. Um at UWO, and you've got the template or you've got the resources to start all these different bands. Let's talk about the process. What bands are you trying to start? And for 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 me and most of the people who are listening, we don't know all the minor steps, the detailed steps that have to take place in order for you to go from basically zero to where we are today. So tell us about what you had what you had to do um, once you got here and what you've accomplished since you've uh, started. Um, one of the first questions that I had in, in my interviews that I was very candid about was asking about the, the financial resources that the university was looking to put in. And they were very clear that this is something that is a high priority for the chancellor and a high priority for the university and that they'd be willing to support this from day one at a level where they felt like it would be, um, you know, uh, at the level of a premier program, given that it's only one year old. Okay. And so one of the first things I was tasked with doing was setting a, setting um, a predicted budget for how we're going to actually need to spend the funds that had been reserved over the course of years for this project. And so that helped me sort of game plan out, all right, we're going to need to work on the uniform piece. We're going to need to work on the instrument piece. There's a lot of facilities questions that need to be answered. It also helped me figure out some of these items that we're going to need, I'm not really going to need till the months right before. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of helped me set up this timeline. But aside from figuring out all the purchasing sides, I felt like the place for me to start was with our marketing folks at the university who've been a great resource to me um, in determining some of the the imaging for the band, working on, we spent a lot of time last summer working on logos and sort of word marks for us because the thing that we knew was that we wanted to recruit people into this band and we wouldn't have pictures of a band to recruit into. I couldn't say, here, check us out on YouTube. Uh, come see us at, at, at a game so you can join this. Here's a picture of our students doing what they're doing. There were no students. So if you'd been following along with this a year ago, you might see pictures of um, Clash, the mascot, right. holding various instruments and poses and things that we we put together this photo shoot last summer so that there was something other than just words on a page. And so it was really about trying to develop this identity, uh, this visual identity that we could sell, honestly, to students and say, we do have something real here. This isn't just, we ha- we think we might put a band together, so uh, come out and see what we're going to do. It was, we're definitely doing this. We're putting a lot of resources into this up front to make people know that this isn't just an experiment. Like we're going in, you know, full steam in year one. And so... 
in addition to my going out to schools and visiting with directors and trying to do some one-on-one recruiting, we did a lot of push with um, with web-based uh, materials, social media. We certainly got some things out in other news outlets around and tried to do as much as we could to advertise that this was even a thing. If students were going to consider coming to this school to be in this band, they had to know that there was a band even in existence. And certainly most directors around weren't thinking, well, I'm not. I'm going to recommend to my students that are graduating. The high school directors weren't thinking. Well, I'm going to send them to UWO because they have this program. They had to even know that the program existed. So that was a huge component in in our initial um, pre-purchasing phases of this. And then we had to supplement that with, well, if we're going to do that, we do have to go through the massive processes to develop um, develop what our uniforms are going to look like and get in real detail what that's going to be. Develop the actual list of what the models are of the instruments and go through the many months of process to get them here. There are some things we're honestly using rental instruments right now from um, our local retailer because even having ordered some of these last calendar year, the supply chain issues as a result of the pandemic have pushed a lot of this back. But we've been very fortunate and we've had a lot of help to make that all happen. That's outstanding. So, um, okay, so you're you're here, you've got a timeline in place. You know what you need, how much you're going to spend on certain things. Now you got to get some students. So how did that go? How did you get the band built, so to speak? Well, the first time that I met a lot of students was at the Taste of Oshkosh Fair last August, um, which I guess this year was renamed Titan Fest. Yes. And so there were a lot of students who came by the booth and saw this was here. And I think we're – I remember a handful of them that specifically said – I can't believe this is actually happening. You know, we've been hearing this might be in the works for a while, or they they knew sort of through my interview process that there was somebody who was going to be on campus. And so I got a, quite a few leads out of that. I would say at least 50 to 60 some students that were just curious about what was going on. Who were already here. Who were already here, right. Wow. And so that helped me be confident that when we got it, we started developing doing basketball pep band before marching band, that there would be students who would be there to fill that. And so we sort of, you know, we, we had the idea initially to do this marching band and we were aiming all these, all, all of our preparations towards this fall rollout. But it became clear a little bit into that, that we could, we could get a head start on a lot of these things by getting basketball band started. So we came up with the Bolt Band name for that and recruited students into that and had a really successful season um, being a part of the, the basketball environment. And, you know, there were some students that joined Bolt Band knowing that they were going to graduate last spring because they wanted to be a part of something. And, and now they're, you know, our first athletic band's alumni in a while. Students who used that sort of as a jumping off point to get familiar with our repertoire and decided to take on some leadership positions in marching band because of having been in bolt band. And some folks who came to check us out at basketball games and said, oh, this is really a great thing and I want to be a part of this when we start up in the fall. And so I think it was um, a really smart move on our part to get started during basketball season because that gave us a lot of momentum then going into the fall, both with students and and developing that sense of identity on campus. And exposure absolutely uh, to students who stumbled upon you. What, what's interesting is that there were students here looking for a place to be. Right. And so uh, you provided that with, you know, with the band. So 
Uh, okay, so now you've got some students there. Now we've got to get them prepared for performing. You mentioned uh, the Bolt Band. Uh, how did you get them ready? And then let's talk about how you got uh, students ready or getting and, and are getting them ready for uh, uh, Titan Thunder. Well, we advertised on whatever outlets that we had that we were looking for some student leadership for marching band all the way back in February uh, to start going through the process of identifying our drum major, to start identifying student leaders with the plan of opening up uh, marching band applications in March. And so to do so, I wanted to make sure that we had some student leadership identified who went as people started applying to be in the marching band, I could already say, oh, you're looking to be in the trumpet section. Well, here are the students who are already listed as or identified as trumpet section leaders, let's say, for this coming year. And most of those students were folks who were um, not only in in enroll involved in music studies here at the university, but also the who wanted to get involved in bolt band. And so they felt like they had already sort of taken some sort of ownership of this process and saw themselves as some of the 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 pioneers of this program. And so we tried to make sure that that our student leaders were in touch with prospective students over the past few months. We held Zoom sessions with prospective members every other Thursday for almost six months uh, to make sure that anybody who was had questions about the band had an opportunity to get those answers from from real people over the course of that time. Again, to make sure they felt like this is a real thing. There are actually students involved. I'm not the only person curious about this. We already have these this structure in place. Um, and then our initial preseason camp for marching band started. Um, on the 19th of August, and we had two really hard and full weeks of prep to get ready for our first game, which was Saturday, September 3rd. Um, I hope to never have to do that long and that intensive a band camp again, but um, knowing how much we had to try to accomplish and put together with folks, um, it was really obvious we needed to take that amount of time so that we wouldn't be feeling like we were stuck at the last minute throwing things together. And with the students' work ethic, with the amount of preparation that our student leaders had done, and with just the initiative of all the students that joined here, all of them knew this was year one, <clears throat> excuse me, that mm -hmm. it was year one and they were coming in to do this work. And so there wasn't a matter of having to convince people to do it. They showed up on day one like, I am ready to make this happen. And so by the time we got to Tuesday night or Wednesday of that second week coming up on the game day that weekend, it was obvious to me and to all the staff that we were absolutely going to make it. People asked me if at the end of our first football game, did you finally have a sense of relief uh, after all of this? Because there were many sleepless nights and 16-hour days and just, you know, me personally for thousands of hours of work over 14 months how was it after your first game? And I said, it wasn't the game. It was it was like four or five days before the game when I said, we're going to make it without, without any more stress. There's enough time to practice what we've learned. The students are getting this quick enough that we can get enough repetitions in. We can get people really comfortable and confident in what they're doing and not feel like they're unsure of what they're going to do when they get into that game day atmosphere. And so... 
I'm really pleased with both our staff and the students that were here. They worked so hard and they deserve to to celebrate afterwards. We really took some time to focus on our success there because it was a great thing. Is there a next step? Uh, are are is the band on the field now or still in the stands? I mean, have you developed some sort of present you know how you, presentation sure. formations and that kind of thing? Uh, has that already taken place or is that the next step? You know, that was something we wanted to have ready on game one. People were coming out, um, both our university folks as well as parents, for example, and local folks who wanted to come check out this band that have, they've been reading about or hearing about for a while. So um, we had two different field shows on our at our first game, a, a really traditional pregame show that featured school tunes, made a, a big UWO on the field and spelled out Titans and things that really identify with that sort of marching band nostalgia, things that, you know, people who were in the band a long ago could look at this and say, well, this wasn't exactly what we did, but I can feel this. Mm-hmm. And then, but we also then had a halftime show. The students thought it'd be great to do a show that used all music with thunder in the title. So we had ACDC Thunderstruck, Imagine Dragons okay. Thunder, and then uh, Garth Brooks The Thunder Rolls, and they thought that'd be a great way to get us on the field and going. Um, but unlike college, or excuse me, unlike some college bands, but unlike most high school bands, um, we're going to do a completely different halftime show for our next performance on October one. And so we've we've shelved the thunder the thunder show and are now moving on to this. Another another theme that the students put together, throwback to 2010. I, I laugh at that every time. 2010 doesn't feel that long ago to me, but but they came up with a lot of great ideas for music, and we'll have a, a brand new halftime show to use um, for that, and as well as a high school competition to try to get some more recruits the day after that, and stick with that traditional pregame show that we'll be able to use then over the years. Wow, great work! I mean, to go from zero to where you're just talking about that sounds like a lot of a work and congratulations to you and everyone who's been involved. Thank you. It's really, it's been really rewarding. And people ask me, you know, what's your favorite part of all this? And it's really looking at our students and how much pride they've developed in this whole organization, even though they've only been here for really like three weeks doing it. Um, I let them know that for all of our long band camp days, we had so many hours of rehearsal. We had the equivalent of a week's worth of rehearsal every day that we were together so it really feels like we've been together for for months now trying to put this whole thing together. I don't think any of them feel like they've only been here for a couple weeks. And that's been great to develop a community and a culture there. But it's also been great for us to really feel prepared. And congratulations to you again. And thanks for coming by and talking to us today on UWO Now. It's been great to meet you. It's been great to hear the story and how you got here. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to and watching UWO Now. I'm Wendell Race. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, we're uh, here every other week on 90.3 WRST-FM. Thanks for checking us out here. Remember to check for us regularly for the UWO podcast uh, by uh, simply clicking on the RS, RSS feed. And stay, that'll help you stay current with the latest episodes of UWO Now. I'm Wendell Wright. Thanks so much for listening.